Welcome back to another outstanding episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend and co-host who always needs your piss, Alex Dandino. <laughs> All right, before we get to just kneeling before the altar of the one who was born in June... Not as many years ago as you would think. And give him gifts and tributes. Just get it going. Hurry up. Come on. A little bit of business. Guys, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. It's a gift to you guys. It helps support the show, but it's really a gift to yourself. We have a Patreon exclusive library that's filling up with awesome, amazing episodes. You guys can actually put your voices uh, to work. When you join the Patreon, you can help us select the movies that fill that library. Double features. You get to pick your own. We got uh, some cool new miniseries coming out over there. Very cool. We got a lot of fun stuff, man. Featuring commentaries, all kinds of cool stuff. We're always constantly working hard to create more content to make it worth your time and uh, really streamline and make this Patreon amazing for you guys. So, again, that's patreon.com slash Pod. You can get in for as little as a dollar a month, and we assure you every little dollar uh, means the world to us. So for those of you who already support us, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know that we love you. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. That's Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of most of these pods over there, along with our just chiseled, ready-for-novel faces. <laughs> uh, and some other stuff, you know, we're always working on cool new stuff. You can email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. We love to hear from you. And make sure you leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. It's free. It's easy, but a couple seconds of your time really helps a small DIY podcast like us crack the algorithms, right, and get shot out to more and more listeners. So that does help, guys. We appreciate it when you take the time. Thank you for all you do for us. All right. It's the greatest time of year when one of the greatest men of all time was forged in the irons and the heat of the heavens, crafted into this Rubenesque statue that you see before you with a voice of thunder and muscles like hardened hooves. Uh, he comes here and talks about movies, does all kinds of good stuff for most people. Uh, and Alex is here to kneel before oh, him and sorry. present him oh movie gifts. This introduction into uh, the host of the show is just going on a little long. My bad. I thought that was your O face from hearing me describe myself as hardened hooves. Oh, sorry. I took a quick nap. It was taking a while. Um, sure. Mr. Cream Jeans over there. <laughs> uh, maybe Shower this me movie. with gifts, Alex. Shower me with gifts. Folks, it is Griff's birthday month. We shower him with Whip. gifts. The pod gifts Griff <laughs> this month. Uh, last week. Kneels before Griff. It's last week. Um, with I workshop anymore. Uh, last week, Carmelita. The pod greases Griff. Handed off one of Griffy's uh, all time faves, Jacob's Ladder, which is great. So uh, good. Great film. This week. Thank you, Carmelita. The, this week, the one who maybe knows Griffy better than I, which <laughs> it's hard to believe after 400 plus episodes. That's right. Amy Griffy selected this one. The, I mean, the, the God old... just gives. <laughs> The gods give with both hands to the world's luckiest lady, Amy Griff. <laughs> uh, I texted Amy. I was like, hey, we're doing this birthday month. Uh, what do you think? Well, what movie would you want uh, 
She calls him Josh because that's his real name. Uh, but what, what movie do you want Griff to talk about? So gross. She was like, oh, "Ooh, Orange County." So we are watching yes. Jake Kasdan, Jake Kasdan, and Mike White's, I believe, two thousand two. Uh, yeah, right in that era. Suburban Opus, Orange County. Uh, <laughs> Colin Hanks, Jack Black. You know the deal, yeah. Griff. Why is this? You're in okay. Amy's flick. I I adore this film, and it's a it's an important movie in me and Amy's life, right? Right. Uh, it felt like it was speaking right to us at the perfect age, that stage of life, right? It felt like it was our little movie, right? Right, right. I would like to just point out to my wife, who I'm sure is listening. Uh, she does actually listen to the show, weirdly enough. Um, one, she didn't pick our first date movie, which was a double date to Brotherhood of the Wolf. Seminal Amy and Griffey movie. Right, right. Uh, she's Amy Griffey now. She's a Griffey too. When she does well. Uh, our first official single date movie would have been 40 Days and 40 Night, the Josh Hartnett celibacy comedy. Great flick. We went to BW3s to do trivia. I defeated her to this day. She still claims I cheated and altered her answer on the last one. Is a whole ordeal, right? Mm. But we managed to. Real quiz show it. thing we got going on here. Yeah, there was a. 21. We one time went to see A Beautiful Mind, and it almost ended our relationship because I had pure rage and indignation that she would fall asleep during a movie in the theater. Mm. She had worked the catfish fry. It was a whole ordeal. Also, I would just like to point out uh, how gracious of Amy to not pick my literal favorite movie of all time, Highlander, as a gift to me. So thank you for making this gift about yourself, B.A. Love you. Love you. My muse, my flame. She knew uh, that Highlander is Highlander is still one of those like I will say this, I'm afraid to do Highlander. Yeah, we talked like, about this. That's why we haven't done Hellraiser. My yeah, absolute like, favorites I'm afraid to talk about. We haven't done the faves because it's one of those things where you're like, Oh man, it's like meeting your heroes. Like I've met like two yeah. or three people who are like my all time heroes and they've all been horrific disappointments in my life. If we don't Neither record the gnarliest Hellraiser Highlander episodes, I would not be able to live with the shame of that so like when it's time we're, we got to go big it's fair hopefully one christopher lambert will come and slather me with gifts next year with his his fucking dulcet tones neither so, here nor there so yes yeah, so this was a movie amy and i saw at this critical stage right i was about to go uh to ball state for film school she was going to purdue for nursing right so this really hit us in the thing right a little bit of dysfunctional family hijinks um I wanted to go, man. I knew I had to shake the small town and go out and, you know, make my, my way in the, the movie-making business, right. right? And she was worried we weren't going to make it. She's going over here, right? Eventually, you know, we just kept finding our way to each other. But Orange County, I was watching again today, and I was like, it's just one of those movies. You find certain movies. It's kind of like certain records, right? Oh, yeah. They're just so bonded to a time and a feeling. When I watch it, I feel like my knees stop hurting, right? My hair, my gray hairs disappear for an hour. Right. I feel young and happy. I remember those days. I remember that that great feeling of, you know, when the boat is leaving shore, right? You just cracked a bottle of champagne. You're like, I'm off on a great adventure. Right. You know, 10 years later, you're out at sea getting fucking eaten by tsunamis and shit. Whirlpools and whatever, right? Eating each other because you ran out of fucking IPAs on the boat, right, whatever. Right, right. Neither here nor there, right? But I, I remember that time. And so this movie to me is just an absolute, it's just filled with joy, right? It kind of looks like shit. It's not shot exceptionally well. Um, The pacing is kind of, there's a lot of like kind of crunchiness at the edges of this. It's not a, a streamlined piece of work. Right. 
But again, it just it, it felt so focused on us that it, it just became this really important film to us. Uh, so, Alex, when was the last time you had imbibed Orange County? Man, I think the last time I saw this movie was probably high school. Like, yeah. I truly sat down, dedicated to watch this movie. It was probably high school. It's interesting watching it as a 35-year-old guy. Um, I still feel like Sean Brumder in a lot of the, a lot of ways. Like, yes, I got out of my small town, but I didn't. I don't know. It's this weird thing where you watch it and you're like, oh wow, I still feel like, I still feel like I've read Straight Jacket and I'm like shouting to the heavens to read to like, what about me? And it's one of those again. It's yeah. It's actually a really fascinating movie, and while it is like about obviously like getting into college and living with the fact that maybe you are okay with where you're from, you just are not okay with the circumstances that are there. It's also a metaphor for life in general, being you know, the unsatisfied life and trying to get to where you want to go. I again, I I found it very meaningful this time, and uh, yeah, again, it's also hilarious. And Jack Black is. This was oh my god! I mean, I can't remember where this came in Jack Blackdom, but like this was right I think in the hot one spot. Of his, like this, this was, was like one of his big, big like yeah national. Because Amy said actually like that's the first time I saw Jack Black. Yeah, and if you had watched Mister Show and stuff like that, you would have seen. I mean, he was on Neverending Story two or three as a bully. Right. So he, he was. I mean, he was Jackal, in like I think. he was in like Waterworld and Demolition Man. Yeah, but this was Bit like pieces, right. This was one of the one. I mean, this is a a fucking howitzer missile yeah of a comedic performance like i i today was just rolling like and my this- so funny it's so funny my my son hunter he <laughs> my neighbors always laugh because he used to when he was a kid he goes hey do you guys like black jack movies he used to always say that right because he loved house with the clock in the walls and jumanji right, right. and so right before we watched this uh we're out playing soccer in the yard we're playing dodgeball right where all the dads throw balls they run back and forth like little in a cattle shoot right and uh we're just drilling the kids right they're crying we're like feeling bad but we keep doing it and uh the neighbor's like it's so funny man you remember when hunter used to say that And hunter goes you mean jack black the ultimate movie star and i was like you know what don't disagree and i watched it today and i was like he is just fucking magic yeah the fucking ampage and voltage that he brings to this film is just you're like of course that guy is gonna go on to be a mega i think i always thought the um i always thought that um uh, his character lance i always thought the brother was much more innocent but there's like hard drugs i used to relate like thought i was a lance when i was younger and saw this movie i thought i was like a mix of the two right and you watch today and you're like oh no lance bad lance lance is (laughs) like lance is like Lance needs true, true help. I think because I wasn't understanding of like any, like I had no understanding of drug paraphernalia and I had no understanding of like what it means when you have a parole officer. I'm like, oh, Lance has like done actual hard time and is still doing drugs. Like, like the Pete, like the piss thing, like the clean piss thing totally escaped me when I was younger. Like, I just know like, oh, you got to pass a pee test. But it's oh. just one of those like little things that he's so good at, right? Because yeah. he kind of starts slow. Excuse me. But the Excuse thing me, when sorry. yeah, he's like, and she spills the pee, and he goes, "I'm gonna need someone to fill this up, or I'm going away." And he goes, "Let's get out of here." And he he fucking like he does this Jack Black thing, right, where he whips and throws the cup against the wall, and he goes, "Fine, fine." And that's like, 
Yeah. That, I mean, it's just ma- – or, like, when he jumps in the pool and he's got the little Mario legs. Yeah. As, I don't know. The apparently, scene when he's driving down the freeway is I, the funniest shit I read this online ever. that apparently the him taking his socks off before he jumped into the pool was a bit <laughs> that he built. And I was like, that's an amazing thing. I wonder if that was written. So, apparently, that is a Jack Black special that he did that in front of the wardrobe assistant and she laughed so he did it uh he did it for the scene and that was the that was the that was the one that went it's in it's amazing i, I mean, mean like, when he's just like fucking blitzed out of his mind and he's like yeah but the, the one that fucking kills me is when he's trying to get sean's attention and i swear to god it's one of the best laughs i've ever had in a theater and he throws the crumpled up coke can and hits him in the <laughs> face i don't know why that tickles me so deep in my fucking core you know um but yeah i mean mine is almost directly after that when he <laughs> flips down the hill like he's like almost like we're getting out of here john get the car come around and get like i don't know why i think it's, it's, <laughs> i think it's because it's so that is the part that's like so subdued yeah that's what I mean, you see the best thing of jack black right which is like he's this ultra lovable but just like fucking insane yeah like you don't know a Jack Black in your life, right? Yeah. Everyone we know is a little buttoned up. Like he's just everyone we know is a Sean Brumder. This is like this is a character yeah. that some of us try to be Jack Blacks, and it's just not there, man. Yeah. And but you see, like even the scene when he's like telling her how to say like I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you're like he's pretty lovable. And then they follow it up with like horrifyingly creepy. Like he's like he's asleep. He's not watching. He's like, he's, like watching his brother plow his girlfriend, who's like maybe 17 18 so that's like all right lance again has pro or when he's like dad did you bang mom okay that That was so fucking funny and she's trying to hug Catherine o'hara and she's like fighting him up love that but this is that we talked about today is amy was laughing she's like we haven't done that in ages but like there was essentially a time when like there was no chance me and amy were going to be intimate with each other Without me saying, you want me to take off my pants and start the revolution? <laughs> I'll take that as a maybe. Right? Take like, a, I'll take that as a maybe. I mean, it's so fucking funny. Uh, and then the one, the other one we used to do, too, is like, she's like, I fuck, I'll burn this mother down. And I was like, you better not. You better not. Uh, she said it was electrophile. Yeah, that's right. Sparks. Right. He's just. All right. We can just do quotes all day. I mean, but <laughs> but that's what this is. Like Jack Black's moments are like a quote machine for this movie. And. <laughs> It is what it's interesting because like the basic premise of the film is not what drives the story. Like the actual like a plot of the movie is not what's interesting. And I think that is what makes Orange County unique. And also like what I think you could consider like a cult classic. By the way, this was very well reviewed when it came out. Sorry. I want to point that out. Like it's an ultra lovable film. It's great. It's written by Mike White. So it has just enough edge to it. Like I know, um, he wrote Lance for Jack Black because he was Mike White's yeah. uh, neighbor. Like, this is a Mike White script. It's very, it's got, again, just enough edge to kind of get you there. That scene where, the scene where Mike White, uh, who plays the teacher, is like saying, like, when we talk about Romeo and Juliet, it reminded me of, it reminded me of like two months ago. There's three, someone two else who ago. is pretty important to that movie. William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. Right? Like, but no, is- Mike White is a great writer. Because like Sean's story in the thing, right, is he just writes this broad swath of great characters, right? right? 
And every character in the film gets a pretty good run, right? Everybody. Like even even Bob even has some characters. of the funniest fucking moments in the movie, right? John Lithgow has some of the better like next to Jack Black. John Lithgow has the other like most quotable lines. Oh, I think Catherine O'Hare is like the I mean, MVP she's in amazing. the movie. She's so fucking wonderful in this film, right? Yeah. And I think now, like, post Shit's Creek, everyone is, like, really in love with her. But at that time, to me, she was still pretty much the Home Alone mom. She's I like hadn't Home Alone started... mom and Christopher Guest. She's yeah, always see, I, Guest I, at that age, I hadn't started picking up much Christopher Guest, right? Like, I'd seen Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. but the rest of it, you know, not in my wheelhouse yet. Right. And she just crushes this movie, man. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's the thing. It's just this broad strokes of just all of these characters you fucking love man yeah and so while it's really fucking funny and you get all this good stuff <coughs> i mean the story of <laughs> i'm not gonna get into stanford lo and behold spoiler alert he doesn't get into fucking stanford doesn't matter right right you don't really feel that upset when he when he doesn't right when we know it's going down right but i honestly think the, the core of this film, especially to me and Amy, right? Because even watching it today, I was like, fuck, that is like the young us, yeah. right? Again, totally. I was not like a buttoned up, like good student and shit. Right. But I was like, you know, I had these big goals and dreams and she's like, you know, I hope we stay together. I wish you would stay closer. Uh, you know, Amy is very much like uh, the girlfriend in this movie. And so just going back, I it's it's a simple but very effective core, right? Yeah, it works really you, well. The, the relationship at the center of this is so adorable. Right. And by the end, when you see her getting accosted by Kip, you're like, no, not fucking Kip, right? Like, yeah. you can't tolerate the idea that stupid Kip with this carburetor alternator guy oh, God. is going to end up with this girl, right? It's, right. It, is, it is lovely, man. It and is. at the end, dude, I honestly cried today. When he was talking, I was like, I just need the people that inspire me. And when he finally ends on her, because there's that fucking moment when uh, John Lithgow's like, we're buying a new admissions building. You're into Stanford, right? And he's like, you guys actually fucking came through for me, man, after all this shit, right? Right. Um, and she looks at him and she goes, congratulations, Sean. That's awesome. And she just falls back into the, like, I want to be... Yeah. cool to him right i know how much this means to him and she fucking relents and it's heartbreaking when he finally settles on like i you are important to me i thought that was great now having lived that life for 20 years sean made a huge mistake no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i know that, amy's listening stick the knife in and wiggle it around a there is that level though of like <laughs> there's that level of like why Dude, you should have just taken, like, come on, take the money and run. You got into Stanford. You could have rich your own dad. <laughs> if you're buying an admissions building, get her in too. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those, th- again, like, it's one of those movies that perfectly encapsulates anybody and anybody who's trying to be creative for a living. It perfectly encapsulates what we go through all the time, like, every day of our lives. Like, mm. I was going to ask you at the beginning of the show, like, what is the straight jacket by Marcus Skinner for you? That Oh, easy, man. Because um, I always tell everyone, right, there were, like, seminal movies for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was a kid, my, like, little kid movie I'd watch all the time was Abbott and Costello, Jack and the Beanstalk. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I loved it, right? Um, 
and then I saw Jurassic Park, right, in the theaters. My dad took me. I was young, maybe like 10 years old, right? 94? So, yeah, like 10 years old. Yeah, 92. Oh, so I was like eight years old, right? My dad took me to see it. And it just fucking melted my brain. I came out of the theater, and I was like, I don't know what jobs are, but I was like, that's what I want to do for a living. I want to be on a sentient genetic level, whatever Jurassic Park is, right? Uh, That's it. That's all I'm doing. For me, the actual straight jacket moment was when I was in high school, there was a lot of passing around of VHS movies, right? Like, that was the big one. We all saw Boondock Saints that way, and it's like, oh, man, this fucking movie. It was like a I think people forget now because, like, the downfall. Like, Boondock Saints was fucking huge. It was huge. Huge. In, in our, like, age group, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got that, and you're like, cool, cool. So the guy who got me that, he had this older brother who lived out of state, and he would get us cool shit. He lived in Minnesota. And he would, like, send us cool shit. Well, one day I came over, and he's like, yeah, I got this movie. Like, I, you know, I think my brother said, like, we dig it. And I was like, cool. And it was Mallrats. It was a fucking VHS recording of Mallrats. Right. And I remember watching it. And, again, I was like, oh, my God, it's us. Like, they made a movie with us in it. And it fucking right. blew my mind. And to this day, I, I, I say this all the time. Um, I know it's not always a popular. Like, Kevin Smith is the most important artist in my life i gotta tell you um if you grew up in the midwest i think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who does not feel that way like i feel yeah like that's the most he's the most important absolutely the most important artist that in my life too just because it's i can tell you it's i saw clerks by accident and then i i, I think i saw clerks chasing amy and then mall rats but i don't remember really mm-hmm. but i remember when i saw chasing amy was i was I, that's when i said Okay, it's definitely possible for someone like me to make a movie, right? But That's I don't know how to do it, right? Because again, I'm not here to argue that there's not better writers, filmmakers. No, not at all. That That's not music the point. and poems and paintings are all whatever. Yeah. To me, like Marcus Skinner, I saw something hmm? that said your ideas and you as a person can be valuable too, right? It's hard to watch The Abyss. And be like, oh, yeah, I could bring that. (laughs) What? I can't make the fucking underwater, like, you know, butterfly people movie. Like, I can't fucking do that. But I could do that. So seeing him, and I became obsessed, right? I would watch everything. I got Clerks next. And, like, that was back when we had to scour, right? So I remember getting um, anything view askew. They had that weird, like, bong water, I think it might have been called, where, like, there's, like, a Sasquatch. I remember getting Bulger the Clown. Mm-hmm. anything right getting on the chat boards i started writing my own scripts constantly which were just like kevin smith actually i have one in a folder here next to me i have one my mom right found here next it next to me as well i wrote this movie called Gutterball, and it was about these guys that hang out at a bowling alley because we used to go cosmic bowling all the time right it was like the midwestern thing right so i wrote this one Gutterball about guys who smoke cigarettes outside of a bowling alley and talk a lot of shit about movies and stuff right <laughs> and I even wrote the theme song is from this band called Oscar. I think the song's called Strangled, right? And you're like, this could not be more of a Kevin Smith rip. My mom actually found it and got pissed at me and my buddy because all it was was F-bombs everywhere, right? Right. But it was just, like, not formatted. We were like, we can't get a bowling alley. We're like, we'll fucking go in with our mom's camera and film. And it was just awesome. Like, we just had this fucking fire lit in us to make movies. Right. And then I started watching movies after that point in my life. It's like, oh, if I were to make this, it just it, it, it changed everything for me, man. It, it was 
super important in my life, right? And so I think that idea, right, of you're on the beach, your friend just died, right? Whoa, gnarly. (laughs) Face the fear, bro. (laughs) I mean, Lonnie doing face the fear becomes a pretty good mantra for the rest of this movie man when you're when you're leaving high school you're just staring down nothing but fear right yeah uh college won't want me i can't get a job what if i suck at everything right what if i lose my girlfriend my buddies um you know and at our age you look back and you're like man i really don't hang out with my friends from high school very much anymore like all these really important things are just kind of not there but they seem so fucking big at the moment so the face the fear mantra and the idea of finding a piece of art that just lights a fire in you and is like, if nothing else, I'm clinging onto this desperately. It'll become my personality, my right. shield. That's how I'll find my people. I I, I thought it was great, man. It, you know it who wasn't to clinging to fear? The who you know who like faced fear long ago for some reason, and we never find out why. Is uh, Lonnie's girl Lonnie's girlfriend Tanya? They kind of did Tanya dirty in this movie, man. <laughs> she apparently just has like faced the she has faced the annals of fear and said, "I do not care." Cuz she, she has walked forward everybody. and backwards into all the fears. And, all the fears. But see, that's the thing, man. This is another one of those like, ooh, I this a lot movie of respect for age Tanya. quite as well, right? <laughs> the two surfer guys doing a lot of gay jokes. When it seemed like maybe they were in love with each other. Definitely um, in love with each other. Kind of shaming Tanya for that. just getting it in, right? Uh, but yeah, that's what I mean. That, that it's a little aged, um, because it's a pretty. It doesn't have a lot of teeth, right? This isn't a mean spirited movie. No, this is um, about this is about <laughs> a journey of a young man to realize that he doesn't need to leave where he came from. Yeah, just but it, to it be has a great writer. it has aged. I'll tell you one of the funniest fucking things about the movie was, because like I said, we used to go cosmic bowling all the time. That right, was right. like the cool shit. So you go, you put on your cool clothes, you get your stupid fucking bowling shoes, and you're like. I hope I got a middle aisle because I'm going to put out the vibe and definitely get blowjobs in this bowling alley, right? You're like, the strobe lights will be on, the fucking disco balls, the laser lights. Uh, you know, the black lights just going to fucking see puddles of me everywhere. That's what's happening tonight. Like, we would just get jazz, right? We drive like 40 minutes through the country to like the town next to ours and be like, we're going to fucking get it in it. And this is one of those weird things when you're young. You're like, everywhere you go, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go there and fuck. Right, of course. You have no idea about like, where are you going to fuck? Like, is there room for you to fuck? Uh, you drove in your buddy's car. You're going to fuck in there. Uh, had no idea about fucking, right? We just knew we were going to do it wherever we went, right? You go to the mall. Right. You're like, meet me at Cinnabons. I'll probably have just fucked a bunch. Uh, like, and so we were always convinced at Cosmic Bowling we were going to fuck, right? And I remember when Butterfly came out by the band oh Crazy Town. Oh, God. How many mic drops do we have in this movie of so, Butterfly? I will say this. Me and Amy used to park. You know, I don't know if kids do that anymore, right? You'd go find a, like, tractor tractor trail in a cornfield, right? You could right, drive yeah. in, get off the road. It's pitch black. No one will ever see you. Right. Uh, word to the wise, don't do that if it's raining. You'll get your car stuck, and then you'll get in big trouble. Neither here nor there. But we we talked about it today. We're like, this was the soundtrack of our... Like, when this movie came out for, like, a year, that was kind of the soundtrack with which we were advancing to the next part of our life on. Sure. Um, But Butterfly specifically. They had a Red Hot Chili Peppers riff, right? It's a John Frusciante riff. But then they just put these, like, horrifying little monsters on the video, and you're like, what? And they do this horrifying song. And it was one of the first times I'm like, a band I like with a cool vibe, right? Chili Peppers. (laughs) They've been co-opted by... 
these little fucking star tattooed men. Um, he kind of looked like White Cisco from Thong Song, if I remember right, with like star tattoos ever. I remember his name being Shifty or Swifty. I don't Bad remember. start. That's red flag behavior. <laughs> but it's one of the first times I was like, oh man, something I like has been co opted, but this is how you get girls. So I remember rolling up to Cosmic Bowling, and my friend had like the subs in his shitty little car. It was like, yep. like it would shake the whole plastic frame of your car blasting butterfly and i'll never forget because one night i had a bucket hat and like a flannel i had like the whole like woodstock 99 outfit right wow and i remember flipping that door open it was like come come my lady come and i got out and i stood up and there was like a group of girls there and in my mind i was like oh my god it's finally happening tonight (laughs) like in my mind (laughs) i knew i had leveled up in sexual appeal. I was like, I better eat some extra nachos tonight. I'm definitely getting it in. Oh, my you know God. I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, there's about to be a 7-10 split for real, right? Bowling puns. Uh, so that's what I mean. This this movie, it just takes me back to these. Pl- I don't know. Do you have a movie like this in your life where it's just so transportative? I mean, this is probably the number one. Except for, yeah, like Jurassic Park makes me feel like a kid. Star Wars shit. I like mean, that. if you want to talk about movies that make me feel like a teenager, like, like oh, I'm going to get it in, there are probably... <laughs> no, but, t- like, was there a, a form... What is your straight jacket? What was your version of that, per se? Oh, I mean... Because you were also in a, a more serious band than I was. Oh, there were... I mean... So, for in terms of, like, career, like, what I wanted to do as a writer, I mean, like... No, imagine you're, like, 15-year-old Dandino. What's yeah. the thing you found oh, no, where you're, I know like, this about. is my path, right? I mean, well, it's not even a path. It's just it's one of those things, like, when you see or hear something, you know, it's the straitjacket moment for me was a record where I knew it was, like, I want to be like this person. I would not like want to be this person, but I want to be able to write in a way that's meaningful. That's like this, which was a record called I am the movie by motion city soundtrack that hearing that record at that moment, because yes, I was in a band and like we were trying to record and we were doing these things. And when I heard that record, it's something clicked where I said, Oh, I can write about things i can write about things that maybe are not cool musically or i can write in a way that isn't necessarily going to be like yeah i can write in a way that isn't necessarily going to isn't lyrical but maybe it is and it's just lyrical in my own way like there was there was a moment where listening to that those songs on that record changed me in a way that i can say profoundly like shifted like shifted my focus as a writer in general and then like but I think it's hard. Like that's probably the record, and the like when I was in high school, being in a band was what I was doing. So like mm-hmm. that was the thing that changed me for that. Chasing Amy was a movie I saw that changed me and said, "Oh my god!" Like movies can be made by people like me. It's po- it's possible. Same way like comics. Like I read, uh, you know, I read uh, I read fucking Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, like right when I was entering college and I was like, holy shit, you can write like this. Like there are things that you just see or read. It's not just one thing, I think. And I think that's the interesting thing about, I think it's the thing, interesting thing about a movie like orange County is it makes it seem like there is like one moment, but like there's gotta be a follow up. Like maybe not for Sean Brumder because like 
but he did have more than one moment. Like, obviously, the first moment was Lonnie dying in a tsunami. But, Lonnie like, kind of was begging for it, but yes. Lonnie was begging for it, but, like, having that moment where you read something that makes you – when you experience art that makes you feel something – I mean, just that, that sequence of him, like, a little bit away the from way, the group, laughing and crying. How many like, times have you done that? I've done, I've done it yeah. constantly. Like, I, I think a lot of us that are, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to podcasts like this, right, deep diving movies. Yeah. A lot of us, it's, it is one of the strangest things, especially as media fractures, attention pans are shorter. You have the rise of things like TikTok and this and that, YouTube, whatever. I think there is this feeling of sometimes it's so hard again like i was saying like how i'm afraid to record the highlander episode because i want it to be the best one ever because i want to find a way to explain to the world how absolutely much i love that movie and i want people who listen to that show to feel as much love for that movie as i do and i feel like i can't express it and so that little bit of like outsider image as he explains Mm -hmm. And just watching him enjoy that book like that is so relatable to me, man. Well, I think this is something that I think is interesting, too, is like we never learn what Straight Jacket's actually about. Like the contents of the movie. We just know that Sean relates to it deeply. Yeah. And then when he finally meets Marcus Skinner, which, by the way, is like one of my all-time favorite cameos in a movie is fucking Kevin This movie is fucking loaded with amazing cameos. Great cameos. So, Even douche Chevy Chase has a really funny cameo. He does. He's actually really entertaining. And again, another great mic drop. Uh, Britney Spears, hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Just that face. You do. It's God. <laughs> perfect Chevy Chase. So Kevin Klein plays. You got Ben plays... Stiller. You got your Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, who, oh, Harold Ramis, who has like, one of the best lines in the entire movie that you used to say all the time. Sean, Sean, we are the same height. That That is is neat. neat. (laughs) That is neat. I used to say that when people would say a really stupid story that was not cool. I'd go, that is neat. I'd walk away. But like, Uh, (laughs) here's, this is the thing though, is it doesn't matter what the book Straight Jack is actually about. Because, and I, I love that. Like, we never really find out. We just know that he loves this book. And we find Kevin Klein who, and I mean like, if someone was to do this, I, I mean, like, w- the reaction that Colin Hanks has in that moment where basically he's like, you're Marcus Skinner, oh, my God. And he's like, I'm Sean Brumder. He goes, Orange County. And I'm like, yeah. Oh tell me that would not – like, tell me, like, I never need to go to college. That would have been the moment, so like, here, I don't need to go to college. Here, here's the thing, though, right? Even at our age, right, those moments are rare, few and far between, period. So um, few and far between. Even that, man. But that moment of hearing him say it was a great story, uh, it still chokes me up, man. It's the thing that you still kind of hope for, right? Like I was telling my wife, right? I've got a couple scripts going at all times, right? We're trying to film some stuff constantly. And I was like, I just have this vision of, you know, walking in. You're at a crowded film festival, right? They start showing your movie. You get the first laugh, like, or someone like, you can tell they're into it, and I just walk the fuck out and just have a cigarette. And like, I won't watch it anymore. I hate watching anything. I don't listen to this pod. I hate hearing my own voice. Yeah. Um. But I, you want to see that, like, oh my god, it worked, right? And like, especially in movies, it's so hard to have any moments yeah. where there's, you know, carrot 
it's almost all stick and very little carrot because it takes a long time. It's expensive. Yeah. A lot of people involved. Whatever, right? So that moment still fucking melts me. Um, and just the one where he even says, he's like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You are a good writer, right? Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of us need to hear in our lives and we just forget. You are good at this. Mm-hmm. You might not be successful at it. It's very hard to. You are, you are good at it. And if you keep fucking trying, you'll get better. Like that. It, that's I fine. think that's the one thing that Sean seems to be able to take is uh, compliments. I know I can't, but I that is. You know that I uh, much respect for people who can take compliments. I can't do that, but uh, yeah, I think it's a eureka moment where he said, "Honestly, the line that really broke my heart again was the girlfriend um, when she's tell when he's listening to her tell Kip about his story, and he's like, he wrote this book, Orange County. It's so funny and great. I loved it, and she's just saying these wonderful things. And you're like, my God, like I I'm lucky enough." I I give Amy a lot of shit. I'm very difficult to be with because everything to me is a chance to fucking get a joke in or, you know, I'm also, I'm also like a big baby. I'm very dramatic, whatever. All that shit is true. Yeah. I know. Not that that seems hard to fucking assume, (laughs) but I was like, it is so nice just to have someone who truly just enjoys you and is happy that you're trying stuff and, you know, enjoy it. Like she reads my stories and likes them. And I have that same thought because when she says, but it doesn't matter what I think. And it's like there is this toxic thing about being creative, right? Where if someone already likes you, you don't want to hear their opinion. Like, I already got them in the bag. You want other people who you don't know to come and, like, you know, have adulation for totally. you. And I was like, that's another good fucking reminder, man. It's be thankful if anyone on earth likes you anywhere. You know what's strange? I, I had this happen recently. I, I got a, uh, I had a Kickstarter that I invested in, and I got the book. And I was just like, oh, it's a great book. I'm so excited to read it. And somebody from the like group, from the project, all they wrote was, thank you for your support for our project. And I'm like, in like period, rather than just like an explanation point or anything, I was like, so you're not excited that I thought your, that I thought your book was good? Or That's like, a writer thing right there. You're like upset like, about the punctuation. I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, are you on upset that I thought that I'm like supporting? I don't know. Like, but that's like, that's the hardest part of that whole thing. And it's just, because you, you can't like, it's very hard to take. It's very hard to like be happy with the work you did. You know, like I want to rewrite things as soon as I hand them off. I want to do those kinds of things all yeah. the time. But again, it's just, you feel it like that stuff, everything between him and Marcus and Skinner and the movie, like that's just like in your bones. Yeah. But even that, right, you look around and you see him writing this narrative. He has that great line where he's like, you're all in a conspiracy to stop me. And she's like, is that what you fucking think? Like, do you even stop and think like if you leave, like, that's it for us. That never seems to cry. And just I think a lot of us do that kind of stuff, too. Right. There is this we're not successful because of something else besides us, obviously. Right. And the sad truth is, is a lot of this kind of stuff. A lot of people want to do it. It seems awesome to make art for a living, right? Oh yeah. And so it's it's hard for a lot of us to say the audience might be small, the pay might be small to never, right? But you know, I'll have a day job, I'll be a father, I'll keep working, I'll keep plugging, I'll be a husband. Yep. And just pray that someday something slips through, right? And a lot of people can't stomach that grind, man. I'm not saying like, you know, oh, I'm some kind of great guy that can stomach the grind. No, it's um cuz we hard. have me and you take turns texting each other like that's it, I'm done, it's over. Put a fork in me. 
Yeah. And the other guy's like, calm down, stop being a douche. Like, it's yeah. fine. Keep going. All the time. And so we we just have friends that keep us going, right? Um, but I think you start writing these narratives about, oh my God, the people close to me are intentionally trying to destroy me. And it's like, it's not, man. And I like that that idea too of at the end of the movie, just something as silly as he's like, I'm going to go surfing. Yeah. That also meant the world to me. Cause I, I do this a lot. I don't know if you do as a dad where you're like, kid, I can't, I can't come play toys with you. I really need to sit here for another hour and like get the work done. Yep. And, and like, I do that sometimes and I'm like, that's fucking stupid, man. Like I'll get the work done when he's in bed. Like I need to play something with my kid now while he's still my kid. Right. I've, Every uh, <laughs> single time he gets yeah. upset that I'm working, I'm like, I've it's been very, like when you're especially now because we do work from home a lot and that kind of thing. It's just a very different thing. And I'm like, yeah, like I don't want to sit at my desk. I want to play with my kid. And like I've told yeah. again, I, especially now that we're working from home so much, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I have to be able like, like I have to be able to spend time with my kid because this yeah. is time I'm never going to get back. Yeah. It, and believe me, I'm even ahead of you, man. It's like, yeah, I look at my son Hunter now. I'm like, oh, my God, he's like a little fucking bro. I was like, he's so big. He can't physically lay on me anymore. Like, that's the thing you'll miss. Like, Logan is four. He's still just the right size where he can fall asleep on my chest. Mm-hmm. And shit like that just goes, man. And so it's funny to me that this is like the movie of like. Teenage Josh Griffey. And Amy Ralston, like, we're about to forge out in the world. And this movie felt like it was giving us the strength to do that, right? And watching it now as an adult, I took a lot of heart in this today. Like, it can still happen for you, man. Yeah, man. Like, you're Same. back where you came from, right? You got the people who matter. Like, just keep fucking plugging. I've had a really... I've had a it very, meant a lot to me today, honestly. Yeah. It, today, the last couple of days have been very terrible in the world at large. And just, I've felt a lot of horrendous we, we record early yeah this was after the the horrifying events in texas yeah yeah and watching it today was one of those things like i think i can do this still and feel good about yeah. it like it, it yeah it was just it was a good feeling today i'm glad we watched it and again uh, it's hard it's hard to hate it when good movies make you feel good yeah i mean it's just one of those like you know we can all have these play, And I think that's the other thing I take away too, is like just being a writer or screenwriter or, you know, whatever you want to be. Hey man, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things, right? Like you can do whatever you fucking want. And that giant fucking tsunami wave could still come and get you. Sure. So make sure that the Ashley's and you know, the family around you, like don't, don't take that shit make for sure granted. They either. They lo- that you lo- they love you. I think we that? live in a culture that's always like, grind, 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 grind. And it's like, all right, but if you have nothing you're grinding for, right? If you're at the expense of that other stuff, like, are you really going to take it to that next level? If you don't have people you love around, are you going to have anything worth fucking saying to anyone? Um, Maybe, right? There was Bukowski, right? There's always those guys around. Yeah. Uh, So I, I don't know, man. I just, I watched this today and I was just like, I was just enamored to have a movie like this, to have my wife, right? And us still be fucking doing this adventure, right? Um, And you just watch, it's just comedy gold, right? They drug the admissions guy. You're like, it's just this really textbook example of how to have a lot of fun, but it, it just has so much fucking It's got a lot, of, it, right? lot, lot to give. You'll love it. Yeah, I, 
I love this movie, man. Uh, the butterfly shit, the soundtrack, the cosmic bowling, the, you know, this is a seminal thing. Like, this is like me and Amy's time capsule, right? We put it on and we go back to those early days when we first met. And it's great, man. And we're, we're still on the fucking path, man. I will say this, watching it again before we get out of here, Colin Hanks is so good in this movie. Yes. But this was in the phase where he's essentially doing the Tom Hanks clone. Mm -hmm. It is almost scary watching it today. How many <laughs> Tom Hanks, like, affectations yeah. he is putting on screen. And you, you have to be like, that's a little bit more than just being his son. It feels like he's like, I got the job. And I'm going to learn from the master. Like, it's, it is so Tom Hanksy this performance. It is. And it's... And I'm actually kind of surprised that after this, he didn't go on to be bigger. I think he just... Not like Tom Hanks big, because that's yeah, no, like yeah, a I very different class of actor. He's actors, really but... never hit the, like, leading man thing the way Tom Hanks did. But I think... And he's that, great in a lot of stuff. But he's great but... in everything he does. I think he knows his, he knows his speed. A lot of respect yeah. for that, Colin Hanks. I'll just say, man, you watch this. He has all that charm, right? He feels very much like Tom Hanks. He's just so wonderful in this movie, especially when you had the internet and you've seen what Chet Hanks became. Um, <laughs> Chet Hanks is definitely the Lance. He's taking daddy hacks. Good for him. Good for him. Um, but, you know, it's nice to have a Colin every can't now and again. Be, can't all be Colin. Yeah. yeah, Chet is like a weird, like, Lance with Lonnie speed. <laughs> He looks like a surfboard that Lance would own, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I, I am always taken aback by how much the impression of Tom Hanks is wonderful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Colin Hanks, man. I, I really, this is, I feel like this has been more of a, a personal chat, right? Like reaffirming our lives and our, our thing. Even this podcast, right? Like, And I think that's what Amy wanted for your birthday. Maybe it is, man. She wanted me to stop and think about her on my birthday. She did. That's See what love. I mean? That is a smart devil move right there. <laughs> I hope this was everything you wanted, my butterfly sugar, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I just unabashedly love this. I know we didn't talk a lot about filmmaking, per se, but sometimes you got to take a step sometimes back. Sometimes that's and, not the alchemist. You know what I mean, guys? What is this for? Right? This is because you love what a project can mean or do to you. Exactly. beyond the technicalities and all that shit um so thank you very much to my dear wife amy uh for this time capsule movie for us <laughs> it was an absolute <laughs> i'm dying <laughs> it was an absolute delight uh to revisit now that i can breathe again uh so thank you guys as always for all your support that's it for orange county that's not it for gifts we pile them deep the three wise men traveled towards the North Star. They went right past that manger. Oh, wow. Okay, only week two. We're already doing Jesus, huh? Okay, cool. No, I'm saying they walked past the manger of that raggedy douche and came to the highest temple on the highest oh, mountain. Now all the rights, now the rights coming after us for that. It feels Thanks like the right is coming after all of us anyways every day and everywhere we go. Neither here nor there. We don't do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Hot politic tick. Uh, but yeah, politics, you know, you guys are going to come and grease me up right by the end of this month. I'll be on a golden throne like Cersei's just chains from my nips to my nose with a huge. 
cadre of gifts and wares. I, Thank I, you. I, for... I regret all this. I should not have done this. I am feeling the opposite. I am feeling the love. Thank you. It's all the matters. Uh, so more gifts for me, but more gifts for you. If you go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Uh, again, guys, little is a dollar a month. It means the world to us. Best way to support the show. Another easy way to support the show. Leave the rating and reviews wherever you find us. Uh, does help us out. Do it on all the apps, man. Tell your Please. friends to do it. Tell your friends to join us on Patreon. Uh, the email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube is filmalchemist. We're on all the socials you're on. We're easy to find. Come on we over are. and send me your own birthday wishes, right? Mims, gifs, comedy pictures, stories, tales, tidbits, trinkets, whatever you want to give to me on this month of my birth. Uh, we're doing a celebration. So that's it for us. Whoever can give me the best Photoshop of Griffey in a movie from this month. Wow. I'll let you in the Discord for free if you're not already a member. I might also send you a shirt if it's hilarious enough. If it's hilarious enough, you'll get a shirt too. If you really get me good, free T-shirt. I'll let you in. Put Griffey in. <laughs> put Griffey in one of the four movies we're watching this month, and if it's really good, I'll send you a T-shirt. Also, immediate disqualification if you just put my current state on Lance. Too easy. Fair I enough. want it to be really good. I'll tell you right now: um, if you can put him in Dogville, <laughs> that that'll be that will be the that'll be the challenge. Gift that keeps giving. Uh, all right, that's it. <laughs> that's it for the film alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Tambino. <laughs>